1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: The Squareball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors, who will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees. levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. So many services that they offer, including what we have termed and the, just as have termed the big
2: three The big three The wills, the probate, the conveyancing. They're your standard ones Yeah, Everyone needs those Well not everyone Most people If you're going to buy a house you definitely need some yep. Some of those things don't you And if you're
0: going to die I suppose you'll need a will at some point I mean we all will Yeah Death and taxes mm. And all that So get it sorted out Yeah And um, neglig- all the negligences Professional Yep Medical Mm-hmm
3: Moscow any others No I I just do things right and then I'm legally sound <laughs> <laughs> Good lad Anyway, get your discount,
0: uk forward slash the square ball. Dan here with Michael and Moscow White as we um, head into the weekly show. Slightly abridged this week because we're not doing heroes and villains. There is uh, been no, no football in terms of the full calendar. However, the good news is we have a trophy, we have a plate, and it's a bloody big plate as well, isn't it? And um, well done to the, the women's team that beat Starbridge 3-1 in the final, the FAWNL plate final. Did you watch it? I watched it. I did watch it all from start to finish, yes. Dominant. It was a bit unfair when they when they
2: equalised. It was a yeah. bit like ah, that's a bit Leedsy to have completely dominated the game, but um,
3: but still been drawing, but still justice was done. And it had been a really good opening goal as well. I loved. It's a shame that the first shot from Hannah Woodruff didn't just go in because it reminded me of um, if you want a comparison, Viduka against Arsenal long ball and then. Control taking it inside round a defender, except it was with the outside of the boot. Did Viduca score with the outside of his boot at Highbury? Yeah, he I must, know, have, done. Yeah, he must yeah. have done. Another one you think I can't of. remember yeah. if he used his left foot though. Did he use his left anyway?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Woodruff uh, outside of the right boot, and it was going in, but very good save. And then it was uh, Ellis, Macy Ellis, storming in. And then a great moment in the celebrations from uh, Abby Brown um, going, ha ha, at the <laughs> Scarborough fans behind the goal. <laughs> They were quite narky with the Stourbridge fans. Actually, I noticed them cheering, cheering free kicks being given and stuff. I'm
2: thinking, shut up!
3: There was nothing. uh, There was. That didn't. There were any particularly bad decisions or bad tackles. Leeds fans were absolute. uh, Leeds players were absolute saints uh, on that football pitch.
0: I enjoyed Olivia, who um, has done our episode with Flora uh, over on the Extra Ball. She previewed Stourbridge as well. She went in and got a good, a good solid yellow. I think it was when when she earned that. I was very proud. All the yellows were. Fair, solid, good tackles, but no, I was uh, I was really pleased. because I would stuck the England game on the telly. The Ukraine game wasn't it at the same time? No. Yeah, the
2: sort of second half clashed with it. I think didn't
0: it? Yeah, but and I was watching this on YouTube and just completely ignored the England game and got sucked into it and got quite uh, quite invested in, in the outcome, uh, which was good, a positive outcome. I was dead yeah. pleased when they went in front again because, like you say, it was deserved, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, and that was um, Abby Brown scoring that one from a a rebound, and then um, Woodruff getting her goal at the end. I love a diving header.
0: It was a very good header, actually. So yeah. I love this goal. Yeah, and I think just from, you know, the more time we spent around Olivia and speaking to her, there's so many good people involved in this who are giving up, you know, what scant spare time they have around full-time jobs to make this happen. And um, I don't know, there's just something very um, very warming about this because, you know, you're reminded this This is a club that's kind of fallen down the, the leagues because the the club basically divorced themselves from it in years previous, under previous ownerships. So it's going to be a a long old road back. So it was just really nice that it felt like a proper, you know, marker in the ground
3: moment, this one. There were a lot of those kind of um, hints and memories around the place. If you read Flora's report on our website of the game, she points out it was Sue Smith who was handing over the the plate at the end who was um, in the Leeds team the last time they won something when Rick Passmore was in his previous stint as manager and that was with um, Ellen White and Rachel Daly who won the Euros this summer so it's kind of a um, example of the two ways things have gone, I mean Sue Smith herself had 93 caps for England and then kind of it's the next generation that was. They were very young players at the, the time in 2010 and then this summer won the Euros for England and all that kind of coming back a little bit leads uh, a long way from the top but it's kind of being able to actually just stick a trophy on the the shelf from a national level competition is a a good kind of step back towards winning things at the top level. Or, I mean, it's um it's funny because the there is a a reorganisation of the women's game being proposed again, um with Karen Carney in charge, um of the committee <laughs> that's looking into that. So hopefully she will be uh, remembering uh, her good experiences with Leeds fans, um and looking favourably on a structure that perhaps makes it a little bit less difficult for Leeds to climb four regional, well, it's two regional divisions they've got to get through, which means um, funneling up into one place, from north and south into the the championship, it's playoffs and it's like even winning the... They could get promoted, win the division that they're in above this one, and then it's still a playoff to get into the championship at the moment. So it's a long-haul road. That is hard. Road. But on the way...
0: Get a big plate. And it is a big plate, and it's it's not quite bin lid sized, but it's not far <laughs> off. Um, did you notice? Did you see any of the esports stuff? Such was the uh, the dearth of Premier, excuse me, Premier League action over the weekend. I ended up watching a bit of the esports stuff. Oh, did you? I did, yeah. It's basically some some boys playing FIFA against each other <laughs> on the Xbox and then on the PlayStation. And the trophy for winning it and Leeds United won it, the Leeds Fury argh, won a trophy almost identical to the plate in terms of size and um and
3: the, the Tottenham t- uh, players that they beat in the final cried, didn't yep. he? Cried. It's <laughs> crying. To be fair, you win 30 grand for winning your <laughs> this tournament on top,
0: I think of, I don't know if you get prize money on top of that for getting to certain rounds. It was like 15 grand for the semis and then 30 grand for the finals. So not to be sniffed at. Wow.
2: Are the Leeds fans taking part? Or are they like, is it the same way
0: you sign a footballer who isn't a Leeds I fan? I think it's a bit like that because one of the lads who, I and mean, this is going to sound desperately ignorant of me, but he had a foreign accent and one of the other lads had a southern accent yeah, um,
3: Oleopo, I think he's called. I watched it. I think it was during lockdown they we were doing this. So I ended up watching one of the previous iterations. And he's been representing Leeds for a few years
0: now. My son plays FIFA. So I'm automatically thinking, can I monetize this child?
3: Mm. I'm trying to. Do we know what the the prize money is for the FA Women's National League plates? Because it would be interesting to know if it's uh, higher or lower than the amount that they've. Uh, They've given to two teenagers for playing a computer game over the weekend. Teenagers, teenagers, a lot less. I'd say one of those (laughs) men was in his thirties, Moscow, comfortably. Uh, Spiritual, spiritual
0: teenagers, yes. Um, With the internationals, obviously, we've had it's been good, hasn't it? Have you you enjoyed it?
2: (laughs) Injuries Uh, and illness
3: from a medical point of view. uh, Someone with a keen interest in pain. It's been great. Mm. So Verba. Has been on social saying that his
0: is a quote unquote small injury sustained with Austria. Mm-hmm. What do you define as a small injury? Like if you've maybe sprained your little finger. I mean, I'm always injured in a small way. Hmm.
2: I would say from I'd say mainly the heart. I reckon about 2006 was the last time I didn't have a small injury <laughs> of some of some sort. I've always got like a bad knee or back or shoulder. I mean, you do never shut it or shut up about it. There's always something in them. It's just being old, but I mean, um, professional footballers. I'm always, I'm still scarred from the, the time Adam Forshaw missed the derby game, was it? With a small injury, mm. and he was expected to be back. Or was it the Barnsley game? I can't remember. It was sometime around that season, and then we didn't see him for two years. <laughs> Which I know isn't the standard way a small injury goes. But I instantly go, well, you just wait, Max. See what happens. See what happens. But yeah, both him and Willie, not that bad, they've said, without saying much, I mm. guess. And we don't expect Harry to say
0: much either, do we? Because he tends not to no and uh, this is on top of Adam's now reportedly been out for the season which quietly leaked out via uh, you know American channels and Club have since confirmed the operation on the hamstring non-invasive operation which
3: obviously is better than an invasive one mm. how do you do a non-invasive operation on a hamstring just look at it really closely <laughs> is it lasers yeah it might just be keyhole or something like that that would be invasive though wouldn't it you're invading through a keyhole it's still an invasion
2: yeah, if someone said, I'm I'm going to pop round, nothing invasive, then the cut a hole in your leg. <laughs> what are you doing? I, I would say that would count. <laughs> really hurts. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the rumour on Waco started about a week ago that he was out for the season as well. So this is confirmation from a, a second source, I guess. So
3: He was on crutches oh as well, wasn't he? So it's kind of mm. um, never a good sign. And there was some more positive international stuff as well, wasn't the young uh,
0: Matteo Joseph? We're now rebranding him as Matthew, I think. Yeah, seems fair. Now he's uh, officially English. Yeah, and scoring goals, so yeah. that's good. Um, Liam Cooper led Scotland. Am I mean, from the bench? Led Scotland to a victory against Spain. He was a second half sub in that, and maybe that's punishment for Spain leaving out Rodrigo mm.
3: I mean, and Yurente. I
0: mean,
3: is he out? I suppose he's, he is. Still, was. Well, Firpo is uh, toying with—is it the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. that he's um, also eligible for? So Spain needs to move fast, you did, did you see Firpo's comments by the way this week? he did the, oh, yeah. on the
0: official LUFC pod with, the, the um, with, Pat
3: Bamford show yeah
0: without Pat yeah but it's still it was Emma and um, Matt Lewis who were on it with him and he essentially quietly in his own disarming way chucked Jesse under the bus a little bit for his tactics <laughs> didn't he so, like, I basically I didn't have any anybody to pass through when I was playing what do you expect it was
2: all up the middle wasn't it mm. that's more or less what he was saying which is what we were all seeing as well so
0: Good to have it confirmed by the players that they, they disliked it as much as us. And while we're on a hashtag USMNT um, tip, they absolutely pack a grenade, didn't they? It 7-1, yeah. like I
3: think. Weston McKenney scored, didn't he? Yes. I'm trying to find his uh, his goals because I would realised I had not watch them. I watched the highlights of them beating uh, the other team that they played. Mm. El Salvador. Um, El Salvador, where McKinney, uh, he missed a great header. Well, a big chance with a header. And then, but he played a beautiful through ball. That
0: was good, that wasn't it, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, and he also did it all with the flu. Mm. Um, so he's even he isn't well. Was it Meg Swanwick who um, revealed this particular little fact on Twitter? Um, yeah, I mean, the, and also the manager just said it in his press conference. There'd be that then. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, the thing about it, he didn't want to hug him because he was playing with a fever and all that stuff. And But little Brendan scored against Grenada. So I've seen that goal. He took it around a couple of players and shot in from the edge of the penalty area. It's pretty good. It's kind of prime Brendan. It's what you want. Did you see um, Chris Somerville's worldie for the Dutch mm. under-21s? I've been living under a rock during this. In that's why I,
0: He scored as well, did he? Yes, he did. It was very good. Moscow, are you just faffing anything on, your on TikTok there? Are you just catching up no, on I'm, these w- games? No, I'm, I'm
3: literally watching USMNT versus Granada. I was watching it live. Highlights. On the radio. The oh, in, oh, yes. The international radio. Inter- yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah,
0: On the World, world Service.
3: It's correct. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, good. The visual World Service but yeah he kind of he I don't couldn't... think you have to uh, hide that one because the full game was streamed on YouTube oh was it so yeah there's no oh, I could have just watched it then could yeah. I? like legally which is what I did which is what you did yeah, exactly so well done congratulations yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Chris Somerville scored that world year where he kind of cut in between two defenders uh, his little snaky body like cut be he sort no, of flicked Gary Monk no flicked. he flicked it sort of from the left to the right and just ran in the little gap and then put it in and it was dead nice and Stuart Dallas as well went away with Northern Ireland just for pure vibes yeah I didn't even know about this until I saw it on the sheet just, it was there as a hype man. You know, the um, Northern Ireland manager just said, yeah, we brought him along. He's a good lad, isn't he? Just good for the young
3: lads in the squad. Give him Also give him a He said to give him a break from just being injured at home.
0: Yeah. Well, I think he's, he's back on the, on the pitch now, isn't he? Because Stuart Dallas had said that he'd, he'd identified this international and there's one, I think, at the start of the summer, isn't there, where he's hoping to be back for that, but they're not going to rush him for obvious reasons that his, his leg basically fell off.
3: Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, it was Michael O'Neill that's gone back to manage them just, I guess after a a year of just gym work and rehab and pain and more operations, it's like, get yourself over with the lads and just get out of that for a while and back into the idea of being around the Northern Irish football team. I think they did... uh, Did he do the kit reveal? I think he might have done photos for their new kit as well. So they're kind of keeping him involved because even with one leg, great player. He is. Um,
0: You see Melier's comments... France, I think he's other pronounced that correct. Moscow, Can you just check that for me?
3: Uh, yes, it's the ouest France. So there's um, there are some oui Frances, but this one is the ouiest. Mm, thank you.
0: Do you want to do the do you want to do Melies accent? Do you want to read this in his voice? Anybody? Uh,
3: uh, c'est it's, un, good,
0: it's going to be a bit Pepe Le Pew, I think. But
3: uh, c'est un grand mal. Uh, je suis project myself so far. Right, it um, would, I'm, so I'm going to stop you there. There it, was some French in there, Grand Mal, I think that means like a uh, big bad. It would be a mistake to project
0: myself so far. Um, I think he means onward in his career, doesn't he there? Yeah,
3: people are like, when are you going to play for Paris Saint-Germain or when are you going to sign for Chelsea or whatever? Yes, it's well,
0: like, oh, It would be a mistake
3: to project myself so far.
0: Um, there are many steps before a future transfer, a continuation to be sought with Leeds, the Euro under-21s in June. To succeed in all of this, I have to be good because no one will come looking for me if I am not. And if I am asked, I will take time to think about my future with a clear head. Bye then. <laughs> a by then. That's not then, bye then. and Of course it's he's not. He's
3: going to be sold next summer. Not summer coming up, the one after 2024, bet you. That's pure, that's pure just truth. trying away the question. And truth, like, yeah, if I keep playing well. I mean, he says all these things. He's a little joker with his twinkly eyes, isn't he? So he's been asked about will you sign for a Champions League club? And he says, well, I mean... I'm already at one. I have to play well because nobody, no Champions League club will be interested in me if I'm rubbish. So that's fair. That's fine. It doesn't mean he's leaving. Just tell me he's staying. Well, he's staying. Good. He's got a few years on his contract, hasn't he? Yeah, I think. Yeah, and also, I mean, it does. It will be like dependent on which big club Needs a goalkeeper, so that's why he's always. Chelsea's a good shout
2: because Chelsea just burn through them, don't they? They make them rubbish. Yeah, they're they're like, ah, the whole, this one's rubbish. Is this seventy million one, get another.
3: They're the exceptions where even though they already have like seven good goalkeepers, they'll just buy another for the sake of it. But the link with Spurs is always because Hugo Lloris is coming to an age where perhaps he should have stopped playing by now, and that'll be what will happen. Is like when Liverpool want to replace Allison or uh, Manchester City want to replace Edison. It's like then when there's a. An opening at a, at a club um, when Nottingham Forest want to replace Navas, you know, when one of these big <laughs> clubs has an opening for a, replace, a legendary they'll goalkeeper, they'll replace
0: him before the end of the season or something. He'll get an injury. They'll go, let's get another one.
3: Yeah, emergency something. So that's um, it. Will it will depend on another club wanting him uh, to a certain extent, but with reference to Spurs, Conte, mutual
0: consent. Mad is it mm. that? Not probably not that mutual. <laughs>
2: just well, two,
3: two people in shouting fuck off at each other. That's mute. That's fairly mutual. I suppose it is. Unless it's like, you fuck off, I'm going anyway, where yeah, you can't. Well,
2: well, I want my money, dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> Was probably, as far as the discussion went, I'll leave. I'll, I'll gladly leave. So, it's all
0: very spursy, isn't it? Quite funny.
2: Anyway, it doesn't mean we get Ryan Mason half in mm. charge, doesn't it, for the end of the season. Well, unless they appoint someone. With Conte's mate. Mm. Bit weird. Where so, is Chris Armus? <laughs> Speaking of um, well, he's, manager's uh, mates being left behind.
3: He's gardening, isn't he? Mm. Essentially, having Grathier has said uh, uh, he doesn't want him. Leads in, I think Armus is probably saying, "Well, I still want to be paid." Mm. And um, Jesse, damn is, that ten-year uh, contract. Jesse is just watching basketball, watching the Princeton Tigers going groover, having mm-hmm. a nice time doing that. So there's been no uh, uh, no particular sign of anywhere else for them to go speaking of tigers um, there was a post on Waco that really tickled
0: me which was you know the Ken Bates article in the, presumably it was the Daily Mail anyway reporting on the mm. they did the podcast he must be doing he's doing his final tour isn't he by the looks yeah. of it yeah um, hopefully and um, in the picture when he was on the sofa there was a toy tiger just sat behind him and the comment just said I wish that tiger was real <laughs> and hungry <laughs> It, got me just yeah, it was a bit weird, picking though. over the bones of an old man. bit weird, the tiger. Yeah.
2: Looks like he's been sat there like a uh, weekend at Bernie Susanna's property. He had um, and his lordship cushion as well, didn't he? In, oh. his, in his apartment. Do you reckon Do you... it was
0: him who dialed in the
3: bomb threat?
2: Um, didn't the name it. It, was a, it was a 20-year-old man?
3: Well, we should probably... He fully... have been putting a job, uh, a voice on, couldn't he? That's true. Well, what would, um, what would <laughs> Ken Bates sound like if he was impersonating a 20-year-old <laughs> phoning through a bomb threat?
2: Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> but I'm sorry to tell you. There's a, um, a device in the East End Catacombs. i put it there. Some people years ago. I'm to detonate it. He's, via, 20, he's 20, remember? I'm going to detonate it via a, a pager. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Down with the kids. That's what the young people the, use, isn't it? The East, uh, the East End Catacombs, nice reference for... Uh, Old school. It's where the nightclub was going to be, wasn't it, under Ken? No, they were going to uh, build it separately. Separate. Yeah. The nightclub would have been, I was just storage, wasn't it? Underground ish on the northeast corner, about where all the northeast corner bar is now. Yeah. I, I think north the north
3: catacombs north. was just general fury that there wasn't anything in there, wasn't a bar in there or anything. Uh, put place. some stuff in it. Yeah, we anything in there. We should probably explain the bomb threat.
0: Yes. So it was evacuated for a couple of days with Ellen Road. I mean, hopefully, you know, everything, everyone's not too traumatized by it because we are now sat here taking the piss out of it. Um, but, you know, that's what we do. Um, statement on Friday the 24th, police were called to attend at Ellen Road Football Stadium following reports of a security threat to the premises. Investigations are currently ongoing to establish the credibility of that threat. The report was received at 9.49pm last night. Followed up on Monday the 27th where a spokesperson for West Yorkshire Police said the 20-year-old man arrested in connection with the incident has been released on police, police bail pending further inquiries. So, if it wasn't the East Stand Catacombs, do you reckon someone at the club would have said, could we just move it around to the West Stand? <laughs>
2: I mean, it could be that the the, the pie had become sentient. Oh, uh, the the one that was stuck to the, the wall. wall. The wall pie. Mm. Uh, maybe it was missed. Maybe some a package that's been left there since 1998 has been discovered. <laughs> Eventually, someone's had a had a tidy up and been like, "Oh shit, there's a bag here." It's, it's made by Asics and got a Packard Bell sponsor on it. <laughs> just like wires coming out. Of it. It's probably just a Packard Bell machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a 1 gigabyte hard drive. I don't know I don't <laughs> wow. know what this is.
0: <laughs> that's a lot for the day, isn't it? Mm. Bloody hell fire. But yeah,
2: don't um don't bomb football stadiums anyone. No. It'd be horrible. Um but hopefully it's one of those things where someone's said something stupid more than any had any actual intent. Yeah. Because that's often what these these things are. So
0: yeah. And finally um we bid goodbye to uh, to Willie Bell who passed away at the age of, of 85. Moscow, you've written a book, so I'll defer to you here about stuff that predates us.
3: A left back, and I think the um, the significant thing about Willie Bell is how he's not one of the, the best remembered of the, the Reavy team because the classic Reavy team at left back is Terry Cooper. But Terry Cooper had to wait quite a long time to get his way in through um, Willie Bell because I imagine he was probably quite intimidating. Big old rough, Scotsman Norman Hunter. I think there's a quote from Norman Hunter saying he's probably the the hardest player he ever encountered, which coming from Norman is quite something. Yeah, so he from nineteen sixty three to nineteen sixty seven was I think you could probably you can use him to describe the progression of the Reavy team as it got out of division two with the reputation of being dirty leads and having the most bookings in the country and being uh, the most rugged and just this team that fights and then the gradual progression in the first few years in the first division when players like Willie Bell and Alan Peacock and stuff. The names are escaping me. Um,
0: Just were, that, You mean that sort of like proto team that led into the great Review team before we won the league yeah. back
3: of the 60s? Essentially. Version one. Albert Johansson being uh, among them as well. Um, Don Weston I've now found I found a, a screenshot of a, of a team photograph so this helps. So Leeds... 1964, when we got promoted, Billy Brown, Napoleon Rini, Gary Spray, Jack Charlton, Norman Hunter, Willie Bell, Johnny Giles, Don Weston, Alan Peacock, Bobby Collins, Albert Johansson. There's a, a number of names there who then are not associated with the classic uh, Reavy teams, but were absolutely crucial in getting us out of Division 2 because at the time, you can tell by looking at Norman Hunter next to Willie Bell, Norman Hunter looks, he must have been about 19 at this point, and he looks like a Smiling, happy, uh, relatively skinny young lad. And he's got this very intense uh, Scotsman next to him with a quiff staring down the camera who nobody would go near on a football pitch. And we gradually um, moved away from these very important players who instilled the keep fighting spirit of the club to players like Terry Cooper, who inherited some of that toughness, but were also, you know, an overlapping left back who was, was a converted winger and he was all about skill um, and so on and then it's probably it's also important with Willie Bell to say so he was a Leeds player for seven years but he also he then describes and he went on to play for Leicester and he was briefly manager of Birmingham but then from 1978 he became a born again evangelical Christian and moved to California Um, so he spent probably more of his life building a team at a Baptist college, a soccer team that would represent the Lord. Um, And he spent a a long time. The student's team was called the Flames. For 21 seasons, he coached uh, them using biblical principles. And um, he was also uh, doing works to spread the gospel amongst prisoners and helping people find their way to Jesus. So that's as important to Willie Bell as, as playing for Leeds United would have been in terms of how he spent his entire life it's always funny when uh, uh, footballers pass on and you remember the things that they did for like three years for your team and then decide, but they also had this uh, this huge other side to their life that would be very important to them and their family as well so really important player in terms of Leeds getting out of Division 2 because I think one thing that you could le- learn from uh, if you want to buy my book and read it is that we would <laughs> absolutely shameless we were pretty garbage at the start of the 1960s the Jack Taylor who was the manager before uh, Reeve was just not having a good time we'd completely lost there was no discipline training was uh, players were just going off and doing their own thing it was um, we signed Freddie Goodwin from Manchester United and he even though we were in the same division at the time he could not believe the difference in standards um, at Erland Road at the start of the 1960s and he was players like Willie Bell, Bobby Collins, and uh, all led by Don Reavy, who kind of made sure one that we turned into a professional football club again and didn't just drift into Division Three and obscurity forever, and two made sure that all these incredibly talented teenagers that uh, Don Reavy and uh, Sid Owen and uh, Les Cocker and Morris Lindley went and found had the streak of professionalism and fighting spirit that defined them as they became. World beaters. 260
0: appearances, 18 goals. Rest in peace, Willie Bell.
1: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust Oleum's new Custom Spray 5 in 1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1,
3: only from Rust-Oleum.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. into
0: part two then and let's talk Arsenal playing them mm. on April Fool's Day maybe we can make fools of them hey that's the idea <sighs> uh, if you haven't seen our I'll um, oh, be after midday won't it so you can't oh no, that's true yeah, yeah. it's, it's f- banned isn't it well here's a stat for you if you haven't yet checked out our Johnny Cooper episode so Johnny is uh, J. R. Cooper 26 who tweets out brilliant stuff gave out his wrong Twitter handle on the actual show itself but we had a chat with him over the international... You did. Yeah, yeah. You idiot. I said Johnny Cooper 26. It's not. It's J.R. Cooper 26. Because I'm bad at my job. No, quite, but well, you don't, you don't need to tell me that, I
2: know. <laughs> is
3: this professional negligence? Do we need to get Levi's <laughs> involved? Um, but Johnny came in and had a chat with us for
0: an hour just about his journey through football manager stats. He was the guy who assigned Luke Varney pace of 15. Moscow, did you know that? He's, and Yes. He's now an Opta and is part responsible for the Opta Joe account. And... Uh, He also just has loads of stats and a database about Leeds and comes up with brilliant facts every week. He has thrown a little bone my way, even though I got his Twitter handle wrong on that show. And he says, with regards to Arsenal, we've played more games at the Emirates without winning than at any other stadium in our history. Six games. Seven games. (laughs) Fast forward a week. Well, we haven't beaten him in 20 years since that 3-2 at Highbury in uh, May 2003. So that's like 13 games, including the FA Cup ties that we've Mm -hmm. had in between times. Although weirdly, and obviously you know this Moscow because you wrote the book, Mm. um, we won every game against Arsenal between 1964 and 1968, and
3: then a game between 73 and 76. And we did win a very important one in between those dates as well. Yes. 1972. What happened there? FA Cup final, Clark Mm 1-0. Up yours, Charlie George. I'm um, just rewinding to last season. It was hideous, wasn't it? It was that middle of that awful three-game
0: run right towards the back end of the season. We lost four nil at home to Man City, two nil at Arsenal, and then three nil at home to Chelsea when Dan James was sent off, and obviously Ayling was sent off in this. In the two nil. Jesse Marsh was doing a great job. Mm. Well, we were unbeaten in five before that three-game sequence started, but in this one, we were two nil down inside ten minutes. Was Nketiah with the uh, Both goals, and then Ayling got sent off after 27 and the world collapsed. We were like, All right, forget it.
2: It was, yeah, it felt like we were down, didn't it? This day, more or less. It was one of those when you went, Everything's going wrong. Stuart Dallas is broken. Luke Ayling's banned. Mm. All the most reliable bits of our team from the previous few years gone. But you didn't expect Diego Llorente to pop up and restore some hope, did you? When he scored, no, it, it was, it feels like both those and Arsenal have changed quite a lot since. Since that day, probably Arsenal
0: more than us. Divergent paths, slightly. Although we've been on a similar path, they've kind of just gone off in the other direction and done very well.
3: Yeah, we, yeah. S- we stopped having players sent off in like the first half of every game. Mm. That was, that's been a big improvement because it was all it was the uh, aggression was the big thing at this point, and we ended up Stuart Dallas's leg like exploding, Aylin getting sent off, and Dan James getting sent off. And not remember, um, it was a whole Jackie Harrison got to be a son of a bitch on the pitch thing, and he, he absolutely wallops through. One player in the first twenty minutes of the next match, and then was like, "I really don't like doing that." <laughs> like, you could tell it wasn't his I thing.
0: Hurt someone? Yeah, well, that, um, that sequence of three games was uh, yeah. We dropped into the bottom three off the back of that, and that's when both Burnley and Everton we played thirty six, and they would both played thirty five, and they were both above us at that point, And we thought, oh, "We're toast here." That Chelsea game
3: was dark, wasn't it? It was. Um, the Arsenal one was more just like bewildering how it could be. Um, the Arsenal one was also where Jackie Harrison came out afterwards. So we we conceded. What time was the first goal? What against Arsenal? Yeah, it was about five minutes. I think it was like yeah. five and ten. I think. We were two nil down in ten minutes, and then the interviewer after the game was like, "Jack, what did? Uh, obviously, a bad start. What went wrong?" And he's like, "Oh well, you know, Jesse prepared us really well. He was showing us a quote from Gandhi before the game. Oh, was that this? Don't one? know what happened. Yeah, and it's um, so that was why it became such a thing is because." Instead of saying, yeah, we showed us a quote before Gan- from Gandhi before the game, and we went and we scored three in the first 10 minutes, rolled it out with a 7-0 <laughs> win. It was, uh, no, it's exactly what precipitated conceding two in the first 10 and then Ailing. That tackle was just, I mean, Ailing's done, so, like, I love Luke Ailing because he's done so many great, great things for us. But that tackle was just one of the stupidest uh, contributions to lead tonight's cause. You could imagine we, we didn't need the ban. Actually, felt like going it, down
2: it felt like it might be the last thing he ever did for us as well. Yeah, for a point because you thought, well, he's not getting any younger. Probably looking at bringing in a new right back. Maybe he'll move on in summer, but here he still is. And he's better Redeemed. than ever.
3: So Redeemed. It's proof that anybody can uh, can come back. But yeah, these were bad times. Although the, the irony here is that you know, going back into this season, hopping in the Delorean and all that,
0: we lost one nil and we absolutely hammered them all game. Yeah.
3: Delorean probably wouldn't work at this game because you need electricity. Ah, and what was the and problem was there? This was the one where we had the big power cut at the start, so everybody's DeLorean and it re- stopped working. it
0: rebooted VAR, didn't it? And everyone had to work, wait for Hawkeye to come back up for uh, the goal line decision system and all that.
3: Wasn't Hawkeye a, a character in the A-team?
0: Mm, I don't know. It's, it's one of the Avengers, I think, isn't it? There's, there's about Probably a thousand of them, it. yeah.
3: As long as they were there, it was fine. We had to wait for them to come back. Anyway,
0: yeah. So we were very unlucky not to get something from that game. We, we out XG them, kings of XG. You'll never sing that. But mm. I mean, their goal was from the Rodrigo madness, wasn't it? Where oh, yeah. he, he sort of cut
2: inside and hit a long arcing ball back towards his, that, Pascal his, <laughs> his was, own goal. Was it
0: not the blind pass? Yeah, it was, is that what yeah. I'm thinking of?
3: Yeah, it was very. It was it very was strange. Inside his own half, facing his own goal, and he decided to try and boot a cross-field pass to Pascal Strauch, who was absolutely no idea this was coming, and even. I think it was so weird that if you're in the big sexy pirates position, you'll look, You'll have been looking at that ball and going, "Nah, this is an optical illusion."
0: <laughs> he's not going to. Oh, he's
3: done. Yeah. Oh, well. Even then, I'd imagine it like coming close. But this can't be real. It, no, it's the sun must be in my eyes. It will be going that way. And then they scored. Yes, they did score. And then there was the Bamford
0: penalty, of course, as well, uh, and the Bamford disallowed goal, which was wrong. Mm-hmm. That, of course, where he yeah.
3: he'd,
2: was a judge to have pushed. It was Gabriel, wasn't it? I think it, and he was quite a big man, and I think he, he sort of put his forearm on his back at one point. And Gabriel went down like a shit did house. Full, it, this, yeah. um, it was re- reminiscent of the goal disallowed at Fulham, actually, where you look at it and you think that's not really much, that's not enough of a push. Mm. They've been given many a time of of these
0: things, but because the defender makes an absolute meal of it, it's funny, isn't it? How you know you look back on moments changing the destiny of of how a team gets on in a particular season. If Bamford had put that. Penalty in. It was a sleeve handball, was it? Yeah. yeah. If he put that in, I suspect we'd have won that game. You know, the momentum would have momentum would have swung hugely in half over And if you chalk up a win against the Arsenal, does Jesse stay in his job? You know, further
3: down line? You the line, the alternative the alternative is missing that penalty and then getting the second chance with the the one right at the end in stoppage time and missing that one as well. That's, <laughs> that's that's probably how I saw this this game. Of course, uh, and you forget that out.
0: VAR actually overturned the... So Gabriel got sent off and then was a penalty... It was we, a penalty to
2: us and the red card, but then it was, it which fair enough, it did happen. Bamford shoved him over basically before... I think he should have been stuck with the red card still because he he definitely, yeah. he definitely tried he to kick him out. Him. out so enough, it should have been yeah. not a penalty, but still a red card probably, but yeah. anyway. But it, was, so so Ray, it. So up.
3: VAR, which needed to be rebooted in the end... Hmm fully DeLorean the whole thing they were just like let's just go back five minutes before Crikey um, Bamford and Gabrielle did anything do they re-rewind and the crowd said oh like you needed to be going for a Gabrielle joke at this point something about out uh, of reach yeah dreams those kind of things yeah uh, anyway this, this game though we'll just win it
0: well I think we gave them probably the toughest test of the season and they're going to win the league uh, this season aren't they we are not I don't think are they though I think they will. They're eight, what the eight points clear now. All right, Man City, you've got a game in hand. They've got some tough fixtures coming up, but it's just because it's it's just because it's
2: Arsenal. I've, I kind of expect them to drop at some point, but yeah. I have been saying that for twenty eight games gonna start, or so. It's
0: going to start on April the first. That's when.
2: I, I mean, mean, is losing at home to us is the sort of result that can completely blow up your season because everyone just would lose their mind after it.
3: If there is some hope for us in this game, it is that they have been riding their. They won't say it's luck, they'll say it's resilience, but uh, the game away to Aston Villa when they had to score, it was two in stoppage time after, um was it? Th- yeah, Emilio Martinez went up trying to win the thing and they scored fourth and Emery was all unhappy. But that was very late to come back and then going 2-0 down to Bournemouth and needing that uh, 97th minute winner the other week. They've probably had it a little bit easier since then. Beating Fulham and Palace all over the place. I mean, Everton, but, Everton beat them as well.
2: Butcher has done.
0: Uh, I mean, they, they did they not hammer Everton that day? I don't think it was. Oh, i Am I thinking of the Newcastle, no, team, Everton, the Newcastle game? No, Everton
2: competed fairly well with them, which which should give us hope because we we look a lot more pragmatic under um Javi. I think he will set us up to probably sit off a bit in a, slightly the same way we did against Brighton.
3: Yeah, and there are signs that they are uh, a bit worse against the worst teams. One one with Southampton 1-1 with Brentford and then (laughs) losing to Everton having to come from behind against Bournemouth so only 1-0 against Leicester so if you kind of put them up against garbage like us (laughs) they do seem to have a harder time of it they did I mean admittedly they beat Forest 5-0 I mean it is worth saying they've only dropped seven points at home this season and Forest didn't have uh, Andre Alou at that point so they weren't the team that they are today they've only
0: dropped 15 points all season seven at home eight away I mean they're pretty good I mean I'm saying I keep expecting them to their results to drop
2: I will stress I don't think it'll be this weekend I think they'll beat us
3: <laughs> yeah I mean normally traditionally 13 years we've been relying on whoscored.com for their statistical breakdown of, uh, of a, an opposition team's strengths and weaknesses I just don't want to look at this well I just don't I just can't deal with it. Spin
0: all the way down to the bottom of that particular graphic there, Moscow, and mm. just read out what it says at the bottom. Which bottom? Well it's, it's that strengths, weaknesses, and styles. I'll yeah. read it. I'll calculate <laughs> it from statistics of each player's last two
3: seasons. Oh. So it's, okay. it's a two season sample. You can ignore it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean they were fine last year as well. Like, I don't know what Arsenal fans were ever worrying about. So it was mm. that thing. It was like, the fifth, they're terrible. Let's burn the stadium down. This is awful. It's like It'd be great if it was anybody else, and they are um, they're a funny bunch in in that respect. The way they've kind of held the nerve with Arteta and let him uh, just make their players who were already pretty good loads better seems to have been the way they've gone about it, and just like not listen to Arsenal fans TV, let them go crazy in a box, and then just like right, fine, but we're keeping Arteta anyway. They've got a few injuries as
0: well, like um Party was away with Garner. Managed by, is it Chris Hewn who's managing Garner at the minute? Is it? I think so, yeah. Um, he was away, needed treatment, while well, he was away with Garner this time. so Shouldn't be playing anyway. No, nope. could weaken their midfield. Elneny, I can't say the word, that has got too many vowels in it. I don't
3: think that's even, isn't he mistake?
0: Anyway, him and Tommy Asu, are out. Saliba potentially out, and Ketty has been injured recently as well. So they've been lacking options up front because Trossard's been playing up front. So what I'm saying is they can't score and we can. Trossard's been a
3: clever signing though, isn't he? That's yeah. the annoying thing. There's kind of, I was thinking about their team because there's, it's not like a classic bought loads of like top level players thing. It's been gradually getting players like, I mean, Ben White was expensive, but it's not a Casemiro signing. You're not bought him from Real Madrid, you're bought him from Brighton. And players like, because I think that's where that idea that they they still might not win the league relies on the idea that surely Eddie and Ketier ain't are winning the league. We we had him on loan and he was he's he's never I've not watched him in great detail, but I've never seen him look particularly loads better than he was for us. And yet somehow he's gonna he's playing well enough for Arsenal to win the Premier League. And Martinelli and you know Granite Zaka has been like an absolute. They've hated him for for five years. How is he suddenly going to be the linchpin of a of a Premier League title? So there's lots of they kind of just a good Trossard
0: as well. Kind of like, just a good team, aren't they? They've just yeah. assembled a good team gradually, and steadily, and carefully. And let
3: Arteta train them to make them better and work together as a team. And that's where Trossard has been like a a clever signing of just like gettable from Brighton because it's a step up to Arsenal, but not ridiculously expensive. And just going like yeah, he will be good for us and it works and it's fine it just but sh- it's not a big kind of It just shows you the value,
0: one. doesn't it, of having just good players in every position is about mm. the size of it yeah. even mean, if it's slightly unglamorous.
2: Saka, and Martinelli and Odegaard are really good as well. As, I, a, I as, a, as an attacking three, I think those... I, I think Saka's
3: brilliant. I, I think, guess that's... Uh, it kind, kind
2: of annoys me having to like him so much generally speaking.
3: <laughs> Saka's come through their youth system. He's kind of a, a separate category but Odegaard is a good example. He's good. And I was, I was yeah. thinking of it in like... Relating to the, the Victor auto broken toys thing, because they've kind of done that with successfully. Because Odegaard completely lost his way at Real Madrid. He was a 16 year old. He was like, wasn't he the most expensive 16 year mm-hmm. old at some point? So he's basically like junior Furpo, but he's worked. And um, Gabriel Jesus... <laughs> I'm not sure
2: Junior Furpo was a world record transfer at 60.
3: But he went to Barcelona, <laughs> didn't he? And was like, and you're taking him away from top Champions League club because it's not worked. Hmm. And Gabriel Jesus being let go by Manchester City. Admittedly, Harland is kind of a big influence there, but when you're being, normally you would think, oh, well, that player's on the slide, they're dropping down, but you pick him up and you put him into Arsenal's team and then you can go and win a title with another club. And it's kind of, there's a bit of cleverness in the way that they've done that, which um, is kind of... Edu has been responsible. Yeah, and it's our uh, our aims of like picking up a Firpo from Barcelona and picking up Mark Rocker from Bayern Munich. It's kind of like, trying to do that same thing of like, oh, well, they're a little bit on the downslope. I guess it's the difference between we're paying £5 million for a player or 15 for a player and they're paying £40 million for a player who's on the slide. It's funny,
0: isn't it? Like, had what was he, 27? And you're saying like he wasn't all that much money. Isn't football just gone mad when you frame it around it's that? It's a disgrace. Um, do you want my other second exciting fact of the day? Go on. So a friend of mine um, has a relative who was sat with, uh, a Premier League lines person this week one of the like, the top level teams you know they send them around in teams that generally officiate together so they know each other and their mannerisms um, apparently in refereeing circles Martinelli is known as Slippy
3: Boots there you go do they sing it to the tune of Kinky Boots yes that sounds terrible I don't want to think of any Premier League officials singing any any variation of Kinky Boots whatsoever or wearing them indeed so um, heading into this weekend
0: then 538.com who run their algorithm suggests that Arsenal have got 74% chance of winning us 10% 1 in 10 um, and the draw 16% I'm quite happy to go with the Leeds 10% yeah I would say so as well um, elsewhere this weekend the, the pertinent games you've got Bournemouth Fulham also happening on uh, on Saturday Palace Leicester interesting Forest Wolves did you see the pictures of Roy Hodgson back at training? You no. know, your nan. I mean I know he is old but
2: like he looks, he looks really old. He's only he's only in his mid seventies. You know, Maybe right? that's
3: why he needs to go back to
2: work. My grand's ninety two and she looks she looks younger than him. Your work is what was keeping him young. Yeah. Well, if you look at Watford last year, I'm not sure who it was.
0: Hmm. Didn't it didn't look to be helping. him. Sunday fixtures. You got West Ham, Southampton, and then Everton playing Spurs on Monday, which then inconveniently sort of rolls round into the midweek games uh, when we face Forest, and you got Bournemouth, Brighton on Tuesday. Um, we're gonna we'll sort of preview these. I think the start a
3: starting next week. Tell you what, by Thursday I'll be looking back wistfully on this international break. (laughs) This looks fucking relentless and horrible.
2: I'm going to try not to do what I did last year which was end up watching Burnley and Everton games because it just stressed me out unnecessarily. Just check Mm. the full-time result.
3: It was sort of fun last year though because Lampard was doing such a bad job. This year there's not as much humour in Deitch. Mm. Even if they lose a game it's still just like well we'll win the next one.
2: I I had a pint in the Royal Deitch the other day is that in Burnley it is in Burnley I went to do test. Is it, was it called that before he went there uh, I don't I believe so no. no but yeah I went there for um, testing some of the walk that we're doing in summer so I had a night in Burnley and I thought well, I've got to go for a pint in the Royal Dyche a, a night in Burnley and I can say it was a dreadful pint it tasted entirely of vinegar but I didn't feel I could say anything about it because of the way it was <laughs> what would you have done if you were to complain in the Royal Ditch? I'd have said this This is not very nice thank no, you but they I would have... need to hear a voice that they no, can recognise you, and...
0: you don't do that in there you don't no why well, what would it sound like if you did let's
2: clean your pipes clean your pipes clean your pipes It did have five Jaeger bombs for five pounds though which was good that feels like good value yeah it's out of a bottle as well you're on safer safer grounds yeah I wish I'd gone for a bottle but never mind but I've
3: been in there although this is the sort of place where you could order a bottle a bottled ale <laughs> um, do you have any craft ale <laughs> trying to think what they had what did you get what was your pint oh, some local ale type stuff right
2: I think I might have been the first person who had, had one in about six years judging by the taste of it or maybe that's what it's meant to taste of how mm. much was your pint it was cheap £2.50 mm. that, that is cheap for a pint these days because Senate sen- Religi you're looking at 7 quid for a pint now aren't you yeah you, I went to three places in Burnley and £3 was the most I paid for a pint mm-hmm. so I'm thinking of moving there <laughs> it's quite good and how was your night in Burnley was it good yeah, it was all right. The first two pubs were uh, were fairly decent and then I sort of knew that the Royal Ditch was going to be the way it was. Was it sort of a bit of a, you walk in, the piano stops, that kind of... Well, it was just... it was The England game was on, but it was just very quiet and a bit sad. I imagine there'd be a lot of England flags in,
0: in Burnley. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, Patriots. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, we got sidetracked there. Uh, yeah, I mean, this weekend, this round of games, this week, generally, it feels like we've just kind of got to get to
3: the other side of it and see where we are. We've just got to win all the games. Yeah. All of them, every single one.
0: It'd be good if we beat Arsenal. It'd be great Mm. if we got a point.
3: Um, Because the other fixtures aren't really helpful in, like, Palace versus Leicester, which what like...
2: We just need a load of draws, don't we, in those games, ideally.
3: Forest against Wolves. They're both teams that you kind of want to get down into it. West Ham and Southampton. If one of them beats the other, it's not... Either result will make us nervous. So, Mm. draws all around... Uh, Brighton can beat Bournemouth that would help it, and they definitely can Villa can beat Leicester that way it gets a bit easier once we're into Tuesday and Wednesday um, Newcastle beat West Ham that would be helpful but I think yeah so it's sort of um, the weekend is these games are not are not good what if Javi Grassi is brilliant and we win well he is brilliant but I don't know if he's this brilliant <laughs> But imagine if win. we won Imagine it if we be, went there and bloody won. Well, and then Forrest come to Elland Road on Tuesday <laughs> and I think we know we know what's coming from that point on. I think I had that with the who did we play after Arsenal earlier in the season? Because we certainly didn't win because we'd never fucking won. No, because I remember the Arsenal game. It was Leicester, wasn't it? And we, we were awful. Yeah. And I remember I think it might have been straight after the game in the match ball saying because we were that brilliant against Arsenal and it was like a great performance and um we should have won and really enjoyed the game. It was very it was one of the times when what Jesse Marsh was trying to do actually came together and you're like, Okay, there is some there is something in this that you can you can get behind and believe in. But we put so much effort in we went to Leicester and we were awful. And I, I thought, yeah, we've we've just used up all our good performance and all our energy on getting beat by Arsenal. Um so now we'll go to uh Filbert Street and get Filbert Street (laughs) and get redirected to the correct stadium (laughs) (laughs) Chris yeah after the uh, because
2: we played Palace so
0: yeah it was was Palace on the 9th then we lost to Arsenal on the 16th Leicester on the 20th and then Fulham at home on the 23rd we were very down after the Palace game and
2: thinking maybe it wasn't working with Marsh already but then we went to Arsenal I was like no I'm I'm pleased even though we've lost I'm perfectly happy with it because I feel like not everything needs putting in the bin and a few days later, it was like, yeah, put it in the bin.
0: Yeah. Well, if you, actually, we could just we could just get I rid mean, of him. If you look at the, those last three games in that losing sequence—the Arsenal, Leicester, and Fulham games—we lost three games in a week, and then we went to Liverpool and won, and then got the last-minute hail mary against uh, against Bournemouth. So, um, saved his job. What a ridiculously long season it's been! I know this point's been made this week when people have been
2: retweeting the Conte tuchel handshake thing. People mm. going, "That was this season." Yeah, but it's
0: because we've had a. Two massive breaks in the middle of it—it's just—it's yeah. just going on far too long. Well, it'll all be over in nine. This time in nine weeks, we'll be sat here scratching our asses, yeah. going, oh, "Come on, what are we going to do now?"
3: Yeah, mm. try to think of something to do podcasts about for two months.
0: Um. So yeah, we we probably won't get anything out of this, but just imagine if we did. And again, it's important to stress the season ain't going to be defined by what happens this weekend, is it? There's, I mean, there are winnable games coming up, and let's hope we do.
2: There's a double League United incentive here as well because. It's not just about getting points for ourselves. It's about ruining it for someone else, which I think we do specialise
0: in sometimes.
2: You're so, we're
3: thinking of uh, the TSB guide that's
0: being. Re- it's already out, but we're recording it after this. Yeah.
3: yeah. For all the people who may not have listened to it, they might have gone, Oh, that sounds dead boring. I'm not listening to those wankers talking about that rubbish.
0: No, yeah.
2: <laughs> correct.
3: Us, those wankers are not talking about rubbish. Yes, it's, it's us, an-
2: us needlessly beating Arsenal to <laughs> hand scum the title just because we could. in yeah. ni- In
3: 1999 so yeah it's a good,
2: good game watched it all yesterday it was uh, it was quite enjoyable good podcast as well despite us not having done it yet not having done it yet I can tell it's going to be good <laughs> listen it to it did it feel good to you it was a fun game and it'll be a fun
0: podcast it was wasn't it, it yeah. or it
2: was a fun podcast and it was actually it.
0: it was actually the day where spoiling someone else's fun kind of trumped anything else wasn't it which is what we're really good at at Leeds I think yeah so we'll do it Yeah, we should do that Yeah, we'll, we'll mainly try and spoil Arsenal's fun we'll
2: focus on that but then a side mm-hmm. result will be us also getting three points
0: yeah and do you know what it's, it'd be very Leeds would want it to have injured players all our best players are injured have we got one in us we've always got one in us
3: good
2: Who, Oh shit! who's going to play actually yeah. Cooper in for Verba probably
3: yeah Cooper's going to be back we've got Stroke as an option too isn't he mm. um, and then midfield Archie Gray time to time, step up yep yeah, time to step up that
2: little that little freeloader <laughs> been hanging around the squad for, for a couple of years now he's not done a thing and they're just giving him a better contract haven't they for nothing <laughs> Get on and score some goals, for God's sake! Um,
3: and <laughs> we should have uh, an embarrassment of riches up front, even without Yanto because Sinistera, Hopefully, mm-hmm. um, well, we'll, we'll get, get fifteen minutes out of him again for his season. Yeah, his you know, over. Um, Obviously, I mean, it'll be it'll be a nice surprise because I guess one of the things about Gracia is he's not going to tell us any of this before we get there, so it'll all be. Um, I not I wonder if he'll even deny that Tyler Adams is injured. <laughs> just completely yeah, gaslight everyone just, just not, not, not even, sure yeah and that's I've seen the reports I'm not commenting <laughs> no I've seen that non-invasive hamstring myself yeah it goes <laughs> non-invasively uh, as he's, he's the stretch is wheeled past with very uh, <laughs> Tyler Adams his shape underneath the blanket is that is that, is that no you didn't see that <laughs> I do not talk about injuries
0: <laughs> well there you go um, full-blown show will re- return in some form next week because we've got the midweek game it's going to be a bit um, previews here and there and everywhere try and squeeze in a bit of Arsenal
3: propaganda on Monday any point yeah after we've beaten them it'll be a joy yeah
2: exactly
0: people will be loving it
2: we'll be calling
3: Arteta a war criminal again
0: (laughs) yes indeed I forgot about that Uh, because we've always got one in us haven't we we've always got one in us so um, fingers crossed for that we shall wrap it up there then thanks for joining us on this one see you soon the square ball podcast